0: Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Gospel reading from Mark chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. And Jesus called the people to Him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. So far our text. What does it mean to be defiled? Basically, it means to become ritually unclean. Anything that would cause you to not be able to enter into the Lord's presence. This is what ostracized many people in the Old and New Testaments. Whether it was the visibleness of leprosy, like Moses' sister Miriam, After complaining about Moses and his ministry, or Naaman the Assyrian soldier, or any of the lepers on the side of the road between Judea and Samaria, or those with disabilities, as we've seen in the last month in our readings with the woman with the flow of blood for 12 years, or the lame man laying at the beautiful gate in Acts chapter 3. All of these people were defiled and could not enter the Lord's presence. But Jesus comes to to the people and says, nothing outside a person can defile him. So if we have leprosy, or lameness, or flows of blood, or other things that are impairments and disabilities, what is it that does defile us? And the disciples come in, Afterwards, and they ask Jesus, What do you mean by this? And Jesus asks them the question Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled? He's looking at the kosher diet and all the foods that you can and can't eat from Leviticus chapter 11. Mark says Jesus declares all food clean. And we saw this a couple of weeks ago with Peter and Cornelius as he receives the vision during his prayer hour that all things are clean, that God is called clean. But we live in a world that is far from clean. We live in a world wrapped up in fear of a virus and so many variants that might defile us. Well, yes, they will make us sick. They can even kill us. But it does not keep us out of the Lord's presence. It does not defile us in the way that God looks at defilement. Because it does not keep us away from our Lord. Just as the fear of governmental overreach did not stop John the Baptizer, whose martyrdom the church remembers today that when Herod took his sister-in-law, forced her to divorce her husband to marry him, and John speaks out about it. Well, the CNN of the day got wind of it and quickly put the kibosh to that, and John ends up in prison, pressured from the outside to be silent until eventually he is silenced by having his head cut off. But again... John was not defiled by all those things. Because the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Things that come from the heart. We also live in a world run, I think, more and more nowadays by social media. And so many people use it as a great platform for the expression of freedom of speech and feel like they can hide behind their keyboard and their computer screen and say whatever they want. And have no ramifications. But we see even innocent little tweets and messages can ruin relationships and even families. Why? Because that anonymity, that veil, that illusion of nothing can touch us through it. Let's just save what's inside of us. And what does Jesus say is inside you? What does He say comes out of your heart? He's got quite the list. Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. How many of you, you know, something pricked your ears or your heart in that list? How many of you, more than half, how many every single one of them pricked something inside of you as, yeah, been there, done that? Because that's it. That is what is inside us in the cesspool of sin that is our sinful nature. And as we said before, as we confessed our sins, we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. So nothing inside of us is going to save us. Nothing inside of us is going to counteract any of all this. The only salvation we can have comes from outside. Because everything inside just sits there and continues to defile us. Our sermon hymn this morning and in the future, hymn sings. The sermon hymn will actually be the source of the sermon as we go through some of the favorite hymns of the congregation. So I encourage you to continue to send in your request. It's one of those, it's a newer one brought out actually in the Green Hymnal that was used by some Missouri Synod churches, but mostly by those in the ELCA and the ALC. Reminds us of our condition, tells us to look at ourselves. No son of man could conquer death, such ruin sin had wrought us. Jesus tells us all these things come from within, and they defile a person. Another way of translating it, which a couple of the English translations go, is everything from within defiles us. And as Moses speaks to the Israelites in the book of Deuteronomy, he's getting them ready to go into the promised land. He says, you shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it. And that's the problem with Christianity today and has been since its beginnings. Is that people have wanted to add things to the Bible. Or they wanted to take away things that they didn't like. Which is why we had the Reformation in the 16th century in the first place. There are so many of those things that were added that actually negated the gospel. Actually hid and buried the gospel to where you couldn't find it anymore. People who came repentant, weeping with their tears through their priest would come and were basically treated like Judas when he tries to return the money for betraying Jesus. You know, what is that to us? Take care of it yourself. All of it because... We want to make God into our own image, as has been since the very first sin of Adam and Eve. But what do we do? How do we counteract all this? Well, it's a simple prayer from the psalm. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. We ask God to turn to us. To let His face shine upon us. As we will in the benediction. Have that blessing upon you. That the Lord make His face shine upon you. Because when the Lord shines His face upon you. It's not in condemnation. It's in blessing. It's in love. And grace. And mercy. It's reminding us that His Son came to redeem us from our oppression so that we may keep His precepts and His laws. Reminding us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We wrestle not with each other. We wrestle with the sin that is inside us. With the sin that is inside of our neighbors. The sin that comes out to defile either one of us. But David tells us, turn to me. And be gracious to me, O God. As is your way with those who love your name. Be gracious and turn to me. Reminding me that through your son's death, he destroyed the power of sin. And by destroying sin, he took the crown from death's pale brow forever. That the victory will always remain with life. Because the reign of death has ended. We went on to sing, His blood now marks our door. Faith points to it, death passes o'er. And Satan cannot harm us. God looks at the doors of our heart. Sees the blood of the Lamb of God on them. Just like in the Passover. Marking us as those who have been redeemed. Not because you've been able to say, nope, I haven't done any most of these things this week. But out of His grace and His mercy. And so as Moses is ending the section in our Old Testament reading this morning. He says, "...only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen." And what have they seen? Well, for the Israelites, they had seen the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night leading them through the wilderness. They have seen God rain down bread from heaven and furnish them with quail in the middle of the wilderness. They had heard the stories of their parents talking about all the great things that God had done for them in Egypt. About the Red Sea being parted on both sides. And they walked through on dry ground. And what have your eyes seen? Your eyes have seen all the blessings that God has given you in this life. Whether it be parents that loved you, a spouse, children, grandchildren, Great-grandchildren. you know, All these things are blessings, along with your health and everything else that we pray for when we ask for daily bread. Now, sometimes it gets a little tainted, but there's are still blessings from God. And sometimes our eyes get diverted and distracted by the things that cause problems between us. And that is where the wrestling comes back in. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So what does Paul tell us to do in Ephesians? He tells us to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And what is that armor? The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. All these things that are put on the outside of you to protect you. Yes, from the outside, because we do wrestle against the devil and the world, but also protects us from the inside against our own sinful nature. Being wrapped around, especially with that breastplate of righteousness. Not that it's so shiny because you're so righteous. I know you. Not as well as maybe I might in a decade. But, I know each of you have your own flaws. Your own things that cause you to not be so shiny in your righteousness. But the breastplate of righteousness is not yours. It is the Lord's. It's His righteousness that covers you. It is Him who makes you holy. It is Him who allows you To keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Persevering, enduring the attacks of this world, the attacks from within and without. Knowing as we finished the readings hymn this morning, By grace on this I'll rest when dying. In Jesus' promise I rejoice. For though I know my heart's condition, I also know my Savior's voice. It is that Savior's voice that calls to you, that reminds you that it is not what happens to you, what comes inside of you, whether it's food, virus, whatever, that defiles you. It is what is already there inside you that defiles you, but that He has covered it with His blood. He has cleansed it so that it need not trouble you any longer. And it is that cleansing that gives you the strength to continue battling. Just like John the Baptizer. Just like all the apostles. And even Moses as he deals with the 40 years of are we there yet. That it is through Christ and by His grace that we are saved. Amen.